guys, and welcome to The Nature Show. In this episode, we will go ahead and talk about how universities are going woke. Well, I'm sure you guys already know this, but we do have um, some universities out there, religious universities or universities that do have ties with religious organization. In this case, we will talk about Brigham Young University, which is a university that has that has been organized by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, here in Utah. And we will go ahead and talk more about this with our special guest about BYU going woke. And uh, we'll go ahead and discuss this at the Natchez Show. Excellent. All right. So we have a fantastic guest with us today, and his name is Greg Madsen. How are you, Greg? Doing great, Nacho. Thanks for inviting me. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here with me. And um, well, as I mentioned, uh, this uh, episode, we will go ahead and talk more about uh, religious universities going woke. Uh, in, in this case, it will be uh, Brigham Young University. And um and I, I would I have a request here for you. Um, I, I would love to for you to keep this conversation very open, um, uh, you know, without any hesitations or anything like that, uh, because this space is uh, it's an open space for everyone that, that comes. Okay, and uh, you can say anything except for the F word. So, okay. <laughs> what a relief. Okay. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely the, the intention, um, you know, of, of you, op you know, being open about what you have to say and and how you say it, and uh, it, you know, your comments are definitely welcome. I will ask you, you know, a couple questions to develop on uh, on this topic. So Brigham Young University. So you you made a um, a video uh, that went viral um, about a letter that you wrote to Brigham Young University uh, individuals, um, uh, teachers, and also students. Um, can you please uh, explain to us a little bit more about that? Well, I've been looking into BYU for about a year mm -hmm. and uh, what, what some of the things that are going on there. Uh, the letter was just something that, you know, because I do a podcast that uh, I felt that, uh, I, I would read the letter instead of just send it. So uh, the letter was, it was addressed to the faculty, the administration and to the students, uh -huh. those three. I wanted all three to, to, to hear this. Um, and, and basically what it outlined was that, look, there are problems here. There are issues that are going on here and mm -hmm. no one's really bringing this up. No one's talking about it enough. Uh -huh. um, and that's a natural thing because with, with this, you know, especially in the academic world, which is where all of this really comes from, right? The whole right. woke ideology and all this is, it comes from academia. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very natural thing for people not to speak up because, because of the issues of shaming, right? It, it, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a natural shaming that happens. You get talked down, you have epithets and, and accusations that can be thrown at you. Nobody wants conflict. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and especially all the nice people at BYU, you know, they, they don't want to run into the conflict. They don't want to be called a racist. They don't want to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, and, and, and honestly, some of them are worried for their jobs, even speaking up. They don't always know where the administration stands. They don't know where everybody stands on this. Because in the broader ac academic world, this is the way it is, right? This is the religion of academia. And, and so it's like, oh, I guess some are thinking, well, well, maybe BYU is just kind of becoming this same thing, right? right. They were kind of moving into the same space that uh, the rest of the universities in, in the U.S. are. Right, and uh, you you mentioned something very important, and that's uh, that's what's happening in, in our country, and and not not just uh, um, you know BYU um, as a, a um, 
uh, I would, I, I would, and I consider BYU to be a, a religious university mm-hmm. uh, because we have to take into account that there are out there uh, religious universities. Um, and I, I wonder, um, and I'm super curious about knowing if they do have, uh, you know, their own rules, uh, their own regulations as far as uh, keeping certain things um, away uh, from the university, like, um, you know, like uh, same-sex uh, uh, couples uh, showing affection in, in campus, um, you know, kind of like what ha- has BYU, and you can definitely clarify this. Um, uh, so it is my understanding that in, in Monterrey, Mexico, where, where I, I was born and raised, um, there, there is a, um, a religious university, uh, from, from a, uh, an, an organization, I think it's La Luz del Mundo or the light of the world. I don't, I'm not 100%. I, I, I cannot remember, but I understand that there is one up there, um, and uh, th- th- there is a lot of, I don't know if it's apathy or, or fear um, of people, you know, like uh, defending the truth and what we really should be standing for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yesterday, I was speaking to uh, the missionaries, uh, to the LDS missionaries. And in the conversation, uh, one, of the, one of the missionaries, um, he, was, he was actually on his very last uh, uh, stage of of his mission, and um, I mentioned. So, what do you want to do? And he's like, "Well, I want to go to BYU and everything like that." And obviously, he was w- very well disconnected of what exactly is going on. Obviously, because he's serving the Lord, you know, twenty four seven. But I mentioned, be careful. Be very careful. Make sure that you are grasping. Everything that you're living right now in the mission, grasp that. And everything that your mom and dad taught you and your grandfathers taught you about the gospel and everything that you were raised with, grasp that. Because what's going at BYU, it is going to surprise you. But maybe I don't know. I I, I didn't want to scare him away or anything like that, you know, from from him reaching his goals. But um, uh, we we really need, and and this is you know what I do in my show. I encourage everybody uh, to go ahead and defend what is true, stand up for what is true. Um, and and, and this is something that I kind of wanted to ask you. Um. Uh, Greg, in regards of uh, what is going on at BYU, um, why, and it's just so many, so many things, but why, why if, if BYU is a religious organization created by obviously, you know, Brigham Young, um, and maybe you can clarify on things here. um, Why is it that this religious, religious university is going woke and, it, you know, you go to church every Sunday and you learn conservative principles. You learn uh, about a family is being uh, the nucleus of the society. You learn in church and you're being taught about this every single Sunday. Then you go into BYU and then you start teaching false things and fallacies to students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that there's certain there are a number of elements that are that are at play here. Um, one is that the church is apolitical, right? So they they don't like to, as far as saying it's conservative or it's not conservative, they're not going to play in that arena, right? And and so they don't they don't want to, uh, you know, they they've they've stood up for a few issues here and there. But uh-huh. for the most part, they're going to stay out of anything saying, okay, we're liberal or we're conservative or we're Republican or we're Democrat, you know, anything they're going to, they're going to pretty much stay, stay out of that. And Uh I think to a fault, maybe sometimes that, that filter, which I think is the right thing Uh is, is kind of allows other things to come in. Right. And, and the woke ideology today is, is sometimes considered to be, okay, well, this is a little liberal, that's not true. 
right? This is mm -hmm. not a little lean left leaning, you know, uh, kind of, you know, what the Democrat party, for example, has typically, um, maybe represented That's not what it is, mm -hmm. right? This is, this is something that is far left. It's far, far left. And it mm -hmm. masquerades coming in as something that is, that works through compassion and some form of justice. Hmm. And, and so I think that that has been difficult to navigate for the church mm -hmm. because of that. Um, it's, they don't want to be involved politically uh, in things. They see these as political issues, but they're also, when you, when you do start studying it, when you really understand what is going on, there are absolute anti-gospel teachings that are going mm -hmm. on and anti-doctrine of Christ. And so it's, it's, uh, to me, it's, it may be taking some time. I mean, this thing kind of exploded on the scene with the George, with George Floyd. Right. Um, it's been there the whole time. It, it's, it's kind of started to come out. I, I started getting, looking into this back in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's kind of overtaken things. And in, in what I mean by that is I don't think that people were prepared for this and mm -hmm. uh, anywhere. And, and so this, this, this ideology, this religion of academia that has been kind of mostly thought of as radical and on the fringe in academia Mm -hmm. which had really overtaken academia that people, people didn't realize this had really completely overtaken academia. It, it has taken over most of the institutions already in the United mm -hmm. States. And it became, became more, um, uh, uh, on, on a high level of the social conscious, right. At, at, with George Floyd, people were like, wow, what is this? What is going on? All of a sudden there's protests everywhere. <laughs> well, that's because there's a network, there's an organization, there's a structure right. of all of this woke ideology that's already in place. So I don't think the church, <laughs> I think the church is working on it. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's a difficult navigation. I'll be honest. It's very difficult to navigate. On uh -huh. this. So now analyzing about, you know, how, how the church really is taking things into place. Uh, I see a very, a very big difference, you know, between um, back in the 70s or, you know, like back in, you know, when uh, Benson, you know, was uh, also, you know, or Kimball, you know, was in the presidency. Um, the way that they talk. And probably, and probably, and everybody goes with this. It's like, yeah, the messages were for the people of their time, mm -hmm. okay. But my my take and my my point here that would be so. Um, when when Martin Luther King, you know, like uh, we 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 had our prophets, where like they are a communist organization. And they were very openly talking about that, mm -hmm. uh, as far as you know, if, if you can remember any on any of those uh, discourses. Now, on on our time in 20, 2022, you know, in the two thousands, now we're being told be nice. Y you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. So, um, I, I I don't know, and I, I'm a I'm a big defender of of truth. And that's what I, I keep proclaiming here in my show. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference here? And I, and I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to accept. Yeah. It's just the timing or, or the, the times or, or anything like that. But, but why, why do we now have to be nice and let, led to fallacies to come through and in the name of being nice. Yeah, so I think there's a couple. Yeah, a couple things here. I, I think, first of all, if you go back and you look at the history of the the, say for example, the General Conference uh -huh. uh, talks and you know things that were written in you know the Ensign and and things like that. Um, you know, communism, for example, came in. You know, you had the October Revolution of 1917 in Russia, mm -hmm. and then you had the growth of the Soviet Union that started to happen. Right. Um, there was 
you know, Marxism was a thing, right? Going all the way back to Marx, of course. Right. But but it wasn't um, it wasn't institutionalized yet. And mm. so as it became institutionalized, and then there was the spread of the Soviet Union, it took a while for the church to respond to something like that. You know, we didn't have mm. any members in Russia, for example, and there were, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wasn't something that affected most of the Latter-day Saints. And, and so it took a while for them to come out. So if you go back and look at, at some of the talks that started to come out, I, I, I'm trying to remember, I haven't done this in a while, but I think that, that you start looking somewhere around in the 1930s oh, mm-hmm. when, you, when you start seeing some of these things. You know, this is t- 15, 20 years after the October Revolution. Yep. And then you start ramping up more because there are, through academia mostly, right. it comes mostly through the Frankfurt School, but it through academia you have... Um, you start to get some spread coming in of, of these, this Marxist communist ideology in the United mm-hmm. States. And, and then you start getting some pushback and then you have mm-hmm. Ezra Taft Benson who was in government and probably was privy to a number of things, mm-hmm. um, you know, started calling it out for what it was and, and speaking right. specifically because it became a real threat in his mm-hmm. eyes to, to, um, well, to the church and to the United States in this, uh, um, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, that Martin Luther King to me is a different thing. Um, Martin Luther King did have a toe over in that area mm-hmm. where, where he had some funding probably, and probably some support from hard left individuals. Well, he did, right. I mean, he, uh-huh. he had, he had that, but his final message overall was, was more along the lines of America represents this. It, it represents uh-huh. freedom and these values, right. but we're not living up to it for everyone, right? So mm-hmm. it was still holding that up, you know, in other words, um, it, and it wasn't about, you know, just black power, for example. Right, it, it, was, right. it was, you know, I have a dream. Uh-huh. Right. I have a dream where, where my kids and your kids, you know, are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Correct. So that is a very, mm-hmm. very different message. I agree. From what we have today. Correct. Very different on that, on that end. And so I know there was, there was some things brought up about Martin Luther King and, and I understand because there was some influence in there, but I use Martin Luther King as an icon to show the distinct difference mm-hmm. between what is happening today and right. what, he, what, what he said. So the church, I believe, will start doing this. I mean, how did the general conference look to you last last time? Um, uh, it, it was a more. They didn't touch of very many, you know, things, you know, as far as uh, be nice. But the 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 one prior mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I, I I was surprised. I I definitely was, you know, and you know, people either in the le- on the left that had those leanings, uh, even members of the church mm-hmm. that that have those ideologies, which doesn't make sense to me, um, because you know, at the end we're members of the church and we learn the th- the same things. Obviously, you know, we all sin in we'll do sin in different uh, di- different categories and different ways. Uh, you know, uh, they took things their way with uh, mm-hmm. with the message that was being shared mm-hmm. um uh so and and one with president oaks you know when when you know he talked about you know like being be nice when whenever you know when he he usually is my favorite speaker and he he is awesome at what he he defends the family and uh you know um the, the power of the priesthood and uh be uh, great citizens of every nation, you know, where, where we live. But, you know, that time, um, oh my gosh, I, I was scratching my head and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand here, you know, what the heck is going on? Are we going in different directions mm-hmm. now before I, I, before I, I ask you, um, what was in that letter that you wrote before we you know we, we go off topic here. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my thing was, uh, with uh, you know, th- th- there was a seminary teacher, and probably you saw this picture going viral. Uh, this seminary teacher that um, had a, a poster or you know, like uh, like a, a graphic on on the on the blackboard saying, 
uh, all are welcome. And there was like a like an LGBTQ one two three four five A B C whatever crap, you know, on you know there and saying all are welcome to seminary. And I'm like, what the heck? I mean, are are we now accepting that as members of the church? Do we have to like? What now? Are we going to have gay marriages in the temples now, or <laughs> what? What is this? You know. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I um, think that's a large, a long, a long leap to go to go from there to 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 gay marriage in the temple. Um, I mm. here's what I would say to that. I I do believe that we need to have open arms for everybody uh -huh. to come to church and to come to seminary. I think that's what we do. I think that's what Christ did. Right. I think that he he wanted to invite everybody to come follow me. Right. Right. And it, and and that should I don't think there should be any barriers to that whatsoever. Uh -huh. Um. And you know, as has been said before, that the church right. is a hospital; it's not a club. Yep. Um. And and, I agree. and we want everybody there. Right. So. Right. But but you know, we're as human beings, I think we're very bad mm -hmm. at at keeping. Um, you know, two different thoughts in our minds at the same time. <laughs> you know, we, we're a bumper sticker society. Um, we kind of go all the way to one side or all the way to the other on an issue. Um, there's, there's, there's a place where we should be that I think Christ was, which uh -huh. is tolerance and love for mm -hmm. everyone, but being able to support and defend the kingdom at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Tolerance and invitation does not mean acceptance of sin. Exactly. And, and that's, that's gotta be, you know, you, you know, a lot in the woke ideology, they want to conflate that. They want to bring that together as one and the same thing. Right. And, and I, that, and that's, that's where a lot of people get really, I think, confused. It's like, okay, we do want to open our arms to everybody. We, we do want to welcome. We want to be welcoming to everyone. We want to tolerate in the sense of the word, which would be love and invitation. Right. Right. But not tolerate sin. That, that Christ never tolerated sin. Correct. Right. He was open to everyone, but he didn't, he doesn't tolerate sin. That, that is not how it works. And that doesn't mean you're harsh and judgmental, it, but it, but it does mean that you follow the commandments. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because you know Ibram Kendi, who is probably the most famous woke individual and and uh, um, critical race theorist. Um, you know he mm -hmm. talks about this idea of assimilation, right? Bringing everybody, of mm -hmm. not assimilating, not right. assimilating to, and what he really means is to Western. Um, um, liberal or, democracy, you know, democracy, <laughs> you know, do not assimilate to this. It's whiteness. And, oh my and, and, but, but yet, you know, the message of the gospel is assimilation. The, exactly. the message of the gospel is we want to be a Zion people. And, and, and that, what that means is we need to assimilate to the gospel. We need to assimilate to the commandments. We need to assimilate to the messages of Jesus Christ. And that means sacrifice. That means giving things up. Mm -hmm. But And that's an invitation for everyone. But that does not mean that everything goes. It doesn't mean that yeah. we tolerate all behavior and, and all things. And that's what being one is. That's not what being one is. Right? Being one, have one heart and one mind, uh -huh. is, is being of the heart and mind of Christ. And, and that's what we need to assimilate to. Wow. You're giving me a lot of ideas uh, to, to give a talk in church, actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, because, yeah, I, I am one million percent on agreement with you. Um, you know, in the beginning, please, you know, audience, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I do, you know, love, you know, uh, Luther, Mark, Mark, you know, Martin King Martin about... Luther, yeah. You know, and, and his discourse and and everything like that. And yeah, I mean, I'm not you know really shaking things up here. You know, my 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 thing here, is, my point here is that um, you know the the differences between and just like you said, assimilating. You know, that's what that's what the left wants us to to do. 
Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I I am very resistant to that because I, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to, and I am not willing. And and, and this is just me. I, I'm not willing to name somebody by their pronouns. I, I I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Even if you give me a, a million dollars, I I won't. <laughs> You know, it will be hard. It will be hard. You know, not yeah, yeah, hard, but yeah. But my, my point is, like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that. And that that's what the left uh, really is striving for, uh, having those assimilate those things in our churches. And a lot of people confuse that because, oh, if you don't assimilate that, then you're hating me. You're not mm -hmm. loving me. No. And the Lord said in the scriptures, and you can agree with me on this one, is that the Lord does not make exception of people. Mm -hmm. You know, he welcomes everybody, mm -hmm. you know, with arms, whatever. He loves the sinner, mm -hmm. not the sin. And uh, just like you said, the Lord does not tolerate uh, one, you know, like the, the sin. Yeah, that's right. You know, but obviously we're not we're not perfect. You know, we're we're sinners, and that's the reason why we come to church, and you know, that's the reason why we, um, uh, you know, the church is our spiritual hospital. You know, where we can be healed. Um, we will go ahead and go to a um, uh, commercial break, uh, really quick, and uh, we will be right back. And remember, this is the Nacho Show. Nacho Graphics is a professional graphic design company that offers unlimited graphic design services to small, medium, and large businesses. We pride ourselves on providing high-quality, affordable design services that are customized to meet the specific needs of our clients. Our team of talented designers is passionate about creating unique, eye-catching designs that will help your business stand out from the competition. Whether you need a new logo or marketing materials, we will work with you to create a custom solution that fits your needs and exceeds your expectations. At Nacho Graphics, we understand that each company has different graphic design needs. That's why we offer an unlimited graphic design service that can be customized to fit the specific needs of your business. We believe that great design should be accessible to all businesses, regardless of size. So, if you're looking for a graphic design company that can provide you with high-quality custom designs at an affordable price, look no further than Nacho Graphics. Contact us today to learn more about our unlimited graphic design services and how we can help your business grow. Check out our website, www.nachographics.com or call 801-869-0523. As a small business owner, you know that having a website is crucial to your success. But what you may not know is that designing and developing a website can be expensive. That's where Solidify Web comes in. Solidify Web offers affordable website design and development that will produce a website that is clean and tailored to fit your business needs. Plus, we offer search engine optimization services to help you obtain top rankings for your desired search terms, driving qualified leads to your site. Creating a website for your business is one of the most important things you can do in today's economy. Your website is your storefront and first impression for many potential customers. It is crucial that you have a clean, fresh, and well-designed website that represents your business the best way possible. We can create a stunning website for you that is both easy to use and navigate and ranks high in search engines. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you take your business to the next level. And welcome back, everybody, to the Nacho Show. And we are here with uh, Mr. Greg Matson, And uh, we're talking about wokeness in universities, especially here in BYU. So now <clears throat> your, your video uh, about the letter you wrote. So what did you write in, in this letter? So I wanted to make everyone aware. Now, some people have been following what you know, on my podcast, what I've been doing for a while. So they knew this and, and I've, I've covered several examples of what's happened and what's going on and with real evidence and actual video clips of, of what's been going on at BYU. Mm -hmm. um, 
So what I wanted to do was just put an open letter out to the faculty, to the students, and to the students' parents and 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 say look okay here this is what has happened as i've gone through and done these done these uh these episodes on on byu mm -hmm. i've had a number of people faculty members administration students parents reach out to me and uh they're reaching out to me and telling me what's going on they're giving me hard evidence giving me examples of what's happening and uh so I, I wanted to let people know that you're not alone, right? Mm -hmm. It's happening on, on campus. It is happening a lot. And you probably, I, the faculty, especially what I get is what is going on here? What do I do? Um, I'm not comfortable with what's happening. There's a, there's a big change on campus. And uh, so the message to the faculty is, look, you need to speak up and you need to speak up because you need to realize you're still in the vast majority of people, right? Right. The vast majority of faculty and administrators on campus do not like what the, what, what changes are coming and, and have come to BYU, but they're silent about it because they're yeah. afraid to talk. And so part of that message was to the faculty saying, look, you need to stand up. I'm telling you because I've got all of these contacts, right. From people that have come to me. Mm-hmm. You are in the vast majority, so don't feel like you can't stand up and say something. And this is part of this movement, right? Is is it? It, it tries to shame you. It tries to keep you silent, uh, and if you if you oppose it, and um, you, you can't allow it. You, you have to speak up. You have to be able to speak up on this. Uh, secondly, to the students directly, the say the, the thing was the message was: look, you need to stand. You need to speak up. If something is brought up in class, you need to raise your hand and, and say, you know, and, and just ask for clarification. What do you mean by equity? What do you mean by justice? Right? What do you mean by whiteness? And why are we talking about this? Because this is what's happening there, right? These whiteness activities and, and, and role playing and, and object lessons on critical race theory. Mm -hmm. So don't just go along with it. And, you know, I've had several students contact me where they've been a part of these activities in class. And, and they're like, what did I just do? What did we just walk through? Because no one, you know, you think to yourself, well, this isn't, this isn't, <laughs> you're not ready for it, right? You're, you're not ready for it. So you just kind of go along with it. I mean, these are, these are young adults, right? These are 18, usually to 23 year olds in right. graduate that are like, what? what is this? And, and so it was, the message was you need to stand up. You need to raise your hand. You need to speak up because the, 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 there, you've got to check the, these things, these, these professors that do this, and there's more than a handful, right? There are several, they, they, they need a check on what they're doing in their classrooms. They don't have a check, right? There, huh. there, there's no check and balance there for them. So it, that's got to be up to the students. There aren't other, other faculty members in there. There aren't administrators in there. That, that's got to be up to the students. And then lastly, to the parents. I, I, I have received so many letters and emails and, and, and comments um, on, on, on not just what's going on there, but on the radicalization of their students, of their other kids. Mm -hmm. and where, okay, this was introduced and this professor introduced this, this is what they did. And then next thing I know, you know, they come home from, for Thanksgiving and I don't recognize them. I, wow. I don't know who they are, right? That they're talking differently. They're using different language. And, and that's how you recognize that. When you start hearing that language, you know, uh, decolonization and whiteness and, and, um, justice and um equity right mm -hmm. inclusion diversity you know in themselves the the they're, those are words that are specifically designed to at first seem good mm -hmm. correct but they are not and right. they're they're used in a way where they've been co-opted right they've been appropriated to to mean something very different and that's how they move in they move in first with the language and then they attach mm -hmm. the meaning to the language. 
and right. uh and, and that's you know that's what you communicate with his language and so you start you start thinking a little bit differently and these professors some of mm -hmm. them are actively recruiting they are actively recruiting the students and this ideology nacho is is something mm -hmm. where you always have an oppressor right right there's always an oppressor that is set up against you and that might be the patriarchy it might be men it might be um uh whiteness it might whatever it is right there are mm -hmm. several and and so there's always an oppressor that is in place so the natural thing is once you start going through those oppressors right. the natural thing is to turn to byu because that's where you're mm -hmm. at and so BYU becomes the oppressor and it is a systemic issue for them where, you know, there's racism and there's patriarchy and there's problems that are going to be on BYU. So the thought process for those students that is, that is indoctrinated by the professors and others mm -hmm. is BYU is the oppressor. And so we need to protest them and we need to go against oh. that. We need to, and then you activate the student. You, you activate them and you wow. say, this is what we need to do. And, you know, you look at those protests that were there a couple of years ago. Those were, those were, those or those were organized in part by professors at wow. BYU. And, and then that, that protest at BYU went to Salt Lake. It went to the church headquarters. And, and so wow. it's a natural process to turn against BYU. And then the church becomes the oppressor. And, and so what that starts to do is take, take students' testimonies and start showing that the church is, is the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. We must change the church to create equity, to mm. create justice. And, and, and so you get this turn, and then all of a sudden, they start losing their testimonies. Wow. Uh Satan is very sneaky, super sneaky. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing, uh, you know, that, that's been going. I mean, we're talking about indoctrination, um, it being sneaky through education. And now we're having a lot of problems uh, with um, uh, pornographic material. And I'm going to say this very openly. There's a, a pornographic material that has been in, introduced uh, for children out there. Um and I do have proof of that. And I have had people in this show that have mentioned about this and they have witnessed this and uh, they have already contacted authorities and school boards and everything like that, but they refuse to take action on things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we have to be nice. You know, we have to be inclusive. You know, we have to, you know what I'm saying? So yes. it's it just, it, yeah, well, we have to be tolerant. We're not going to be tolerant to, towards that crap. No, no, we're not. You know, we have to keep morals in our society. You know, we don't want to be the next Rome again. We're not going to fall into any of those stupid fallacies that professors are currently doing in uh, in our children's education now it made me super sad uh, the, the, there was a um an, an interview that, that, that was done uh and, and it's on youtube um they were interviewing some byu students um as far as uh, uh, and probably you've seen this video I, I don't know uh they they are interviewing students about um how racist, you know, uh, you are and, uh, you know, uh, about inclusion and, and, and everything. And it's like those, I, I didn't know. And, you know, like in order for you to become a student of BYU and please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to be a member of the church. No, you don't have to be a member of the church, yeah. but you do have to sign the honor code. Okay. So I don't know what, it, what is in that honor code, or you know, or anything like that. I mean, I I, I didn't go to BYU, mm -hmm. but it, it's like I mean, 
it's just common sense, you know, and uh, uh, BYU is very well known in, in the LDS community, you know, around the world that, you know, when you go there, it, it's a safe place for you to study and it's a safe place for you to acquire knowledge, um, you know, and get yourself on onto a better position and uh, in life. And that's, that's supposed to be the intention, not all the way around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it just made me sad that those uh, uh, BYU students they were speaking like they, I mean, they didn't know um, how to really respond about this uh, uh, racist um, um, uh, questions, uh, and that they didn't know how to act. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, you're 20 years old and uh, you don't know what to answer on, on this type of topic. Yeah, and I think it's it's I think what those those students that are going around doing those interviews are doing is is despicable. It's despicable, and and it's you know first of all I can understand a little bit. Okay, the, this this nineteen twenty year old is is on the spot being asked a question live, and mm-hmm. m- most people aren't used to doing that. Right, they're they're just <laughs> not used to doing it. But there is again. That's the pressure. That's the peer pressure right. and the shame issues, right? Of of wow, if I don't answer this for what is correct, then then people are going to hate me. And remember what social media does, Nacho. It, it mm-hmm. is if that individual is put up. I mean, that's a very popular TikTok channel that they have. They have millions of views, and and they uh, they've had interviews with you know networks and and you know very popular so if you don't answer correctly you (laughs) have thousands of people making comments disparaging comments against you right uh, from that video and so it's it's a very different dynamic than what you and i may have had right when we went to school or 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 when we were that age is it's there there is a constant feeling of well how many likes am i going to get Mm-hmm. And and what is you know this is going this could go out well in this case this could go out to a million people, and what am I going to be portrayed as? And so it, it's it, you know if you read a, an author named Jonathan Haidt, it's very interesting what he talks about in in terms of uh, um, how social media has changed has changed the the millennial and 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 uh, Gen Z. Um, attitudes and their, their, how they react to things and what they talk about. Mm-hmm. They're very careful about not saying something that is going to get pushback <laughs> online mm-hmm. and in social media. So, so I, I can get that a little bit. And that's why I think it's more the interviewers that are the problem with this. I, I think it's the wrong thing, but, but yes, of course. I mean, it's, it just shows you that as parents, you have to know these things. You have sure. you are going whether you like it or not. As 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 boring and as horrible and monotonous maybe as it is, you better start studying woke ideology. You better start studying it because your kids are going to be exposed to this. And if they do not have the right answers, if they do not know how to navigate through these issues, if they mm-hmm. don't understand the language. Then, then you're going to have a hard time preparing them for the world. And that's not just BYU. That's any university, especially, and any workplace now. Yeah. It's, it's, you're going to run into all of this. And, and, and you've got to, uh, you're going to need to prepare your kids more and more as to how to navigate through, through this new worldview. I agree with that. And, uh, um, you know, also as parents, it, it is our, responsibility um, to uh, to educate our children the right way. And uh, this is something that I I have always uh, uh, preached um, everywhere, is that it it is very easy to become a parent, very, very easy. But, uh, sorry, yeah, to become a father is very easy. Yes, it is. (laughs) but But to be a parent... Uh-huh. It is difficult. That's correct. So yes. sorry, I, I you know English is my second language. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> but but you, you, do you see what I'm trying to say here? Yes. Yeah. So it it is my responsibility as a as a dad 
uh, to talk to my children and uh, to make them see what it really is going on in the world. You cannot be lazy and uh, just expect the the uh, school do every, everything for you because they're not. If you don't teach your children to walk in, in the footsteps of Christ, the world is going to teach them not to do it. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna teach them to follow Satan, and now uh, they're you know the the Satan the, the Church of Satan, it is being recognized as a religion, you know uh, Satan is very sneaky, and uh, now that they have monuments out there you know and, and everything like that, and I'm like why don't they take just just those down instead of you know other monuments. You know, there's a monument in, in I don't know if it's Washington or Oregon of uh, um, Lenin mm. there. I, I wonder why that doesn't get turned down, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, these people, uh, they're, uh, I don't know. It's just there's so much out there and I don't, I don't want to get mad. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, yes. it, it, it is... Uh, it is an agenda, and everything is prepared very carefully. Uh, it, those are tactics that are being used to take down our country. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what people don't understand. This, this, you know, you, you might, you know, there's something called advances that that happens with this ideology. The advances are little things. You know, let's let's include this language in this document. Let's let's. Uh, um, let's change this policy a little bit. And it's usually all, again, it's always done under, under compassionate uh, types mm -hmm. of uh, uh, that's how you lead in, right? That's, that's the carrot uh, to, to lead into these things. But when, again, when you study this fully, you need to see that the proponents, the major proponents, you know, whether it's the organization of black lives matter matter, whether it's, Ibram Kendi, Kimberly Crenshaw, who's the one who coined uh, critical mm -hmm. race theory and intersectionality. These all have the same DNA. They're mm -hmm. all in the same DNA. And they outright, they outright say, we need to get rid of liberal democracy. They outright say that the Western way of things has got to be pulled down. Right? They, they This is not, it's not a conspiracy. It is not, it's mm -hmm. not... Um, you know, oh, you're you're taking this too far, Greg, or you're taking this too far, Nacho. No, it's not being taken mm -hmm. far enough. This right. this is real. The, that's what their objective is. Exactly. Their objective is to is to destroy the founding of America yeah. and the West, and 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 to replace it with who knows what. Exactly. They're not very good at replacing it, but but what they do know is they want to pull it all down. So when they talk about systemic racism, we need to change. Mm -hmm the systems, ultimately what they mean is they need to break down liberty and freedom of speech and, and, and everything else. That's the real system, ultimately. Exactly. And that's what they say. That is not some interpretation, right, of, of what they say. No, that <laughs> is what they say. That's what that's what all of those pundits, all of those framers of of critical race theory, uh, you know, uh -huh. and, and woke ideology. That is exactly what they say. They're not, they're not hiding anything. And you, you mentioned, you mentioned something that's key there. 100% agree with everything you're saying, but there's something that you mentioned that's key. What's key is that they're making Americans believe that they need to get rid of the Western way of things. And guess who says that? the enemy who is the enemy right now who's who's taking over everything china and i'm gonna say this very openly and i'm not scared or afraid to say this because what they're what they're doing is that they, they want they want to take their enemies down somehow oh gosh they're smart they're, they're very smart and uh, I had she Van Fleet in my in one of my episodes, and I really want to bring her again um, to my show, and she will definitely confirm all this that I'm saying to you right now. She fled China when she was in her twenties, 
and uh, she saw all of the changes that Mao Zedong was making when he got into power. And uh, there was so much, you know, China is a very traditional and very conservative. Uh, it's, it's a great culture. And uh, we, we, can all, we cannot deny that. And oh my goodness, I love Chinese food. You know, <laughs> I cannot live without saying that. So think about it. You know, why, why does our enemies want to get rid of our culture? Why does our enemies want confusion in, in our society? Why do they want our economy to go down? Why do they, because they know that they can do it. And people are very easily to be deceived by that. Yeah. Satan is the great deceiver, you know, and, and, and that's what Satan does. And uh, Satan does not want us to, to be in, in great progression, uh, you know, to be like our Heavenly Father. Now, one thing that I'm going to mention, and in this, uh, I, I actually had uh, to speak at the, the Women's uh, Republican Party here in Weber County. Um, and in my speech, I said this, that the United States of America was created in the same in the same plan that our Heavenly Father created the world. And I'm going to tell you how, this analogy. Our Heavenly Father created this earth. If you plant a seed into the ground and if you water it, you fertilize it, you do everything that you're supposed to do for that seed to grow, guess what's going to happen? The seed is going to, you know, to flourish. The United States of America's system does the same thing for you, for me, and for anybody else that come here. Because the same way that the earth is being tilled, the earth doesn't care what color of the skin you are. The the uh, the earth doesn't doesn't care uh, any you know what you're thinking right now. You know, the earth is gonna give you fruit. It's gonna it's gonna give you an outcome, and that's the same way the United States of America does. Why does everybody want to come here and succeed? You know, I'm an immigrant. You know, I, I was born and raised in Mexico. You know, I, I came here, you know, for better opportunities, for for a better, um, you know, way of living and for and to accept and adopt the American culture within myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the American culture is what attracted me to be here, you know, and True. and now these People are, I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it drives me totally insane. So so that's why I said that our Heavenly Father created the United States of America with the same plan that he did, you know. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying is key. I think it's, it's uh, you know, that framework, what what it is, is it's, it's, it's the ability to use your agency. Right. right. It's the more more opportunity there is, because that's what the gospel is, right? The, the more opportunity there is, the right. more you can use your agency and flourish. And and there are a lot of people that do not like that. Believe mm -hmm. it or not, a lot that do not like that. They do not like opportunity. They do not like agency because opportunity and agency always create disparity. Because people have different choices. They make different choices. Right. And, and people don't want that. That Even regardless of the, the whole principle of, of personal responsibility, right. they don't want there to be a disparity in, in, mm -hmm. in outcome. And that's what equity really means. When they talk about equity, what they're saying is they're going to flatten everything at the back end. And yeah. that only happens one way. See, that to them is a utopia. But the only way that ever happens or can even, and it can't happen, it really never uh -huh. happens. But the only way you can try to make that happen is through force. Exactly. And you know what that aligns with? With a plan of Satan. 
because Satan said, nobody is, I will bring them back to you. Make me the savior, mm-hmm. you know? And sure. That's Abraham, the war in heaven. Exactly. That's what Satan wanted, you know? And now, you know, I, it just, all of these situations are just making me have even more and reinforce my testimony mm-hmm. on, on, on what I believe. Well, on the back end, I mean, you talk about the pre-mortal world there in the war in heaven. On the back end, it, look at what the plan of salvation does. It offers different destinations mm-hmm. where you feel most comfortable, right? Where, where you would want to be. It offers different, there is a disparity in results. Mm-hmm. Not because God isn't loving, but because he respects your choice. And that's the, the only way to grow, even to get to any of those kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Is to use your agency, and 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 you know even in the Garden of Eden, right? He's never going to pull that away. He allows the agency to happen. So disparity is a spiritual principle, because agency is a spiritual principle. Mm-hmm. And and so anything that fights against that agency, that requires force, is against is against the plan of salvation. Exactly. Wow. It's super, super interesting. Um, yeah, this uh, this definitely has been very en- enriching uh, to me, uh, this conversation. Um, and uh, what what do you have to say uh, to my audience um, in regards of uh, defending truth? Um, I think that, you know, uh, President Oaks, let's see, October 2020, this was just after the uh, the general conference. He spoke at BYU, and I would I would recommend you go pull that talk up. And and it okay. actually is about racism and a few other things. But the thing that I got out of that talk more than anything else is his example of what he calls clear thinking. Mm-hmm. And clear thinking means like what we were talking about tolerance, right? you need critical thinking. You need to understand how to parse things out. So for example, again, if I'm talking about tolerance, then that means, yes, invitation, love, charity, welcoming. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean tolerating everything. It doesn't mean tolerating sin. And, And so you can be tolerant on some things. But as President Nelson also says, you can have too much of a good thing. And it's bad, right? He's a medical doctor, so he talks about, you know, overloading with too much medicine on something could kill someone. Mm -hmm. And and so that clear thinking, that idea of, okay, I can be tolerant and I can be loving and I can be welcoming, but I don't have to tolerate sin. I can defend the kingdom and I can defend truth. So I think we need to have a lot more clear thinking on these issues. Right. And there's so so much work to be done um, and uh, really help out everybody to really, you know, be conscious about this. Um, You know, yes, you can definitely be be tolerant and uh, um, but you also have a voice. You know, you also have a voice. You also have you can take action, you know, and what Satan wants to do is uh, just to destroy uh, the family. Uh, He wants to destroy societies. And uh, like, you know, there's a scripture uh, that I mention a lot, uh, Doctrine and Covenants uh, uh, 111, verse 11. Uh, It's very easy to memorize. (laughs) 111, 111. Uh, That it says, "Be, be thou wise as serpents. Because you know how how is the serpent? The serpent is very freaking smart, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he he knows how to just go in there and then you know just be wise as serpents. Um, and but anyway, well, um, Greg, thank you so much for being on my show. Uh, we we went out of time here. I definitely appreciate uh, you being here with me, and I look forward to uh, to have another episode with you. Wonderful. Thanks for the invitation. My pleasure. And remember, guys, this is uh, The Nacho Show. 
Uh, remember, go to www.thenatureshow.com to see more episodes like this one. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.